What's going on guys? It's Rob here again and I want to introduce you to my friend Christian Madsen from the Random Christian Show. Today we talked about everything from alcoholism, drug abuse, to career changes, and family and its effects. Go ahead and hit a like button below, keep following us, subscribe, and enjoy the content. Thanks. Hit record and now we're good. All right, cool. So Christian Madsen from the Random Christian Show. Yes, sir. Good yes, afternoon, sir. morning, day, mate. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. I just <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> the internet, I feel like, makes it so time doesn't actually count. It's kind of you could it could be any time in the world. It doesn't really matter. Somebody's it, up, it, so. it is void of all space, time, and entities. So yeah. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. So I know we've I mean, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's why we got so lost on our phones all the time. <laughs> what it's yeah. 4 15. I gotta go home. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I don't know, man. It's almost getting to the point where I'm just kind of tired of even having computers and like you have the phone. It's oh, kind of like yeah. yeah brother just go get lost in the woods for a minute <laughs> absolutely all right talk to me son yeah so so all of my previous listeners we've kind of gone over you know like a, a trauma type thing and i know your story is pretty interesting we kind of went over it a little bit over your story uh like last time we talked a few weeks ago and you have your own podcast the random christian show Yes, sir. You were yep. very, uh, very successful radio host at one point in time. Uh, I was, I was kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's I mean, not boom it up too much there. <laughs> but I did, I did well. I did well. I will say that and had yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. All right. So how about you just kind of go through your story? Um, kind of like, you know, tell me how it started, how you got into radio. I know you've done a lot of things besides that. You've had to yeah. reinvent yourself quite a few times. Um, and a lot of people that, you know, I kind of deal with on a daily basis and that are listening and will listen to this have also had to reinvent themselves. Um, I think social media and the new age calls it pivoting now. Um, <laughs> and so there's always some new name. Yeah, We're exactly. Call it a laser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Why don't you just kind of like walk us through everything and I'll just kind of shoot you some questions along the way and see where we end up on this crazy conversation. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, it started back when I was born and I was just coming out of the womb and I realized, yeah, exactly. wow, this is fucked <laughs> up. I'm going back in. Yeah. Right. Um, no, uh, it's, you know, um, my, uh, you know, I, 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 as we talked about, I, I battled addiction for several, several years of my life. Um, uh, and that, that all started early. Um, you know, I mean, I can attest to, uh, I think I was about nine years old, nine or 10 years old when I had my first drink of alcohol, um, from my, uh, my uncle, Tommy, you bastard. Um, and I don't know why I looked to the left here to know nothing or anybody, but anyway, yeah, you can just act uh, like you got a producer over there and yeah. you're like making sure that you're correct. Actually, yeah, I, I have a, a pretend producer I've had for years. Uh, his name is Lyle DeTime. Okay. And um, he's an invisible friend of mine that I blame all my mistakes on. And right, Lyle? Thank you. He's, he's French, yeah. so he doesn't speak English very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything we do is pretty much in hand gestures and 
you know, there's a lot of this. And so, yeah, anyway. I might have to use Lyle as well during this conversation, if you don't mind, and <laughs> see how that goes. <laughs> um but yeah so uh again started started young um do you remember what your first drink was it was coors beer with the push top opener okay uh but it was back you know early 70s i think it was and uh well yeah it was about nine or so and um yeah they had two little holes on one side that you had to release the pressure with and then you basically shoved your thumb in uh to open the the rest of the beer where you drank out of and my uncle tommy who literally had a pot belly that did this like you could balance things on top of his pot belly uh (laughs) because he drank so much curs and it wasn't coors it was curs um and uh anyway uh yeah it was uh it was i remember tasting it and going oh this is the weirdest taste ever you know, it was kind of sweet because Coors is kind of a sweeter uh, style ale and um, or pale ale, whatever you call it, beer. Right. Um, and I just I, I remember being fascinated with the taste of it. You know, it was like nothing I've ever had before. And um, so, yeah, me and my cousin Marky, we started sneaking beers off to the side and ended up shit faced at my family reunion um how old you know, were you nine at the time i was i Eight was or about nine or nine or ten yeah. okay yeah and uh yeah no me and my, me and both my cousin were just he's he's about a year older than me and just trashed just absolutely trashed throwing up you know my mom thought it was because i had eaten something and all the excitement and everything <laughs> no no i was jacked up um but Anyway, uh, you know, scan through a few years later, always been kind of sipping here and there, you know, especially Christmas parties, the uh, eggnog, as we like to call it, um, which had tons of freaking rum in it or whatever. Brandy, brandy, that's what it was. Uh, And uh, yeah, those 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 were good times. Um, But it, you know, it just kind of uh, all developed. And and we, we were talking about reinventing. Uh, you know, my parents reinvented themselves, um, getting a divorce while I was, uh, in, uh, you know, uh, middle school, I, I was just starting middle school and, and they had divorced and, um, you know, I, I, Oh no, the divorce, I don't blame anything on anybody, you know, Mm -hmm. everything you learn from everything, no matter what it is, you learn a tragedy, uh, a positive, you know, any successes you got to learn from them. And if you don't learn from them, then you're, you're, you're an idiot. Um, everything you do, you have to learn something. The, the old saying, those who don't learn from history are condemned to repeat it. Well, yeah, it's true. You get in a very uh, vicious cycle. And when you uh, go into recovery and, and hopefully, you know, people that do go through AA or whatnot, because uh, it is an amazing program. There's a lot of self-help uh therapy places out there rehabs uh that are basically out there just for the money they're not out there to help people they're out there to get your money and then ship you off and get you out of the way so they can get the next person in that bed and start making their money i'm just gonna throw that out there because i've found a lot of people you know i went into recovery and no you didn't you didn't go into recovery you you went into a place that took your money and uh 
Yeah. So I'm not going to go down. Yeah. There's not going to go down that road. There's some documentaries that are on it. Like, I think there's even a couple on Netflix to where yeah. like they, uh, I think they target Florida and how it's just this constant revolving door of like your 90 day stay will be done, but they'll refer you, you know, to other services or yeah. like you have the transitional houses and I did all, like I did the rehab, I did the transitional houses, but I've mm-hmm. seen, you know, people easily do the cycle in and out, yeah. in and out, in and out. And yeah, so it's. And that's all it is. And it's a process, you know, and, yeah. and and then people get numb to the process. So they think, oh, well, at least I keep trying to rehab. No, you're not. You're not recovering. You know, yeah, you can rehab anything you want. It's still going to get damaged. Mm-hmm. If you recover, then you recover, you know, inside and it's a commitment, man. It, it really is. Um, I went through it, uh, three times, you know, and I, I did it through AI. I actually put myself in a rehab at one point. Um, you know, and then I failed and then tried AA again, failed. And then finally, um, I got the cosmic stick in the back of the head from the big man upstairs saying, dude, this is it. If you don't do this, you're done. What was that gap kind of between like the first time that you kind of went to rehab and checked into the last time that you've gone in? Well, and uh, interesting, we'll just jump ahead several years. Um, I partied hard through high school, got myself kicked out of high school, not because of grades, but because of attendance, because I'd rather be partying and living a good time. No, I seriously, I had great grades. I really did. And it, it was upsetting to the counselors and, and the, the vice principal like, you're a good student. Why can't you just show up for class? I said, because I don't need these classes. I mean, I was, you know, I was thinking ahead. I'm like, I don't need your shit. I don't, I don't, I don't need any of this crap. You do. You really do. I mean, it's, you know, it's like they teach you in algebra. Yeah. There's a lot of things you got to write out, but it's so you can show that you know how to do it. Okay. The thing is, there's a lot of steps in life that you've got to do just to show that you can do it, um, which goes into the reinvention process, which after I got kicked out of high school, this is when I started learning how to reinvent myself a lot. Um, uh, you, uh, you know, from the, I learned, uh, I, like I told you, I, I've had uh, some major careers in my life. I've had restaurant, I've had transportation, uh, uh, construction, and radio. And I started all four of those from the ground up. And actually, arts, uh, I, I was a graphic artist for a while. I started all these from the ground up. In, in restaurant, I started out dishwashing and busing. I worked my way up through the kitchen. I worked my way out into the front. Um, you know, I was studying to be a sommelier at one point. Um, I, I've managed kitchens. <laughs> I've, I've managed restaurants. Well, these are these are things you know you have to learn if you want to move up. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. It's just funny to know, like hindsight's twenty twenty. Being an alcoholic, studying to be a sommelier, <laughs> you know, well, like, see, and that's the thing. I got to gr- drink great wine. Yeah. You know, and, oh yeah, we're just tasting it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I went through the restaurant grind as well, so I, I definitely know that. That you whole know where world. I'm coming from. Oh yeah. Mm. So, um, and then, uh, you know, in, uh, uh, in construction, I, st- I actually, construction was one thing that really saved my life. I was, uh, basically homeless, been kicked out of both parents' homes. I was sleeping in job sites, um, or, you know, uh, in between from my friend's house, I had this one construction site where they had built a house or they were building several others, but they had built this one off to the back. 
and I would go in there and sleep because there was a fireplace that they had actually put in and I could build a little fire and sleep there at night and stay warm. And, you know, I, I'd be gone by the time the construction guys would show up in the morning. Well, one morning I was hung over as hell and I woke up to this guy standing over me and basically said, okay, grab your shit. Come meet me in the office. If you don't, I'm going to have the cops take you away. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. And so there was guys there and they were watching me, making sure I did that. I went into the office, the little portable building. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, listen, I've got a, I've got a, an offer for you. You can go in there, clean up that building, you know, clean up your mess. Um, and then I want you to go around and clean up all these other buildings and yada, you know, just do a bunch of light labor work for him for the day. He said, you do that for me for the day. And I'm not going to call the cops on you. And I was like, seriously? He's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, no problem. So I did that for the day. And then at the end of the day, I said, you know, all right, I, I think I'm done. You know, can you go check? And he had one of his foremen go out there and look, and they gave me the thumbs up. And he said, all right, so here's the deal. You know, it, it's, he says, it looks like you're on hard times. Do you want a job? And I was like, yeah, I'll take a job. He's like, all right. You can do what you've been doing, crash out there for a while until you find your own place. I will pay you weekly, you know, in cash, and you're going to be my laborer, and you're going to sit here and, you know, and I just started off like that and, um, and worked my way up. I started framing after a while. I started learning a little bit about plumbing, et cetera, and so forth, just working odd ends, being a helper. And yeah. uh, uh, then I got uh, hired on by his painter who was a, a, an amazing gentleman. He, he was very patient and taught me everything he knew about painting and learned tons and uh, really fell in love with the fact of painting because I like to make things look good. You know, I like mm -hmm. to improve things. So uh, it really clicked with me, but um, yeah, that guy really kind of saved me in a lot of ways. So reinvented myself there. Uh, transportation. I grew up in, I started out washing trucks Worked my way through the dock, started driving, dispatching, sales. I worked in the office. I ended up managing, um, again, reinventing yourself. You, but you've got to understand where anything you, you do, you have to understand everybody else's position because you can't work well with anybody if you don't understand where they're coming from, you know? And the same thing goes with life, man. You don't know what the dude next to you on the bus is, is going through. Uh, this guy sitting in traffic that's sitting there honking his horn and banging his head and screaming and yelling at people. Dude, that, that guy may have just had, you know, or just found out that, you know, his wife is in a car crash and he's trying to get to where he's going. You know, I mean, and yeah, sure. There's people that are just dicks, but you know, uh, it doesn't matter. There's something that triggers us and you know, we all have it. We all get pissed off. Uh, we all get frustrated we, we need to learn to be empathetic to those kinds of things. But anyway, uh, the most important part is, is being accepting of reinventing and knowing that we're flawed, knowing yeah. that we're flawed and, and being able to accept that and then learn, learn how to fix it. And, uh, uh, we, uh, we tend, we tend to get lost in the fact that, you know, oh, well, oh, poor me. And, uh, I mean, and trust me, everybody does it. Don't say that we don't, you know, nobody, nobody is so humble that they care nothing about themselves. I mean, there, there are people with more humility than others. 
but we're all egocentric in one way or another. Um, and it, I mean, it's just, it's human nature. Yeah, it's, yeah, definitely. You know, and especially in this society, in this day and age, we're, we're taught it from the beginning. You got to watch out for yourself. You got to take care of yourself. Um, and I, I've found that the more you take care of other people, the more they end up helping take care of you. And it's a, it's a great circle of life in a way, you know? Um, so as, like I said, I got the huge cosmic stick. Um, I, 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 my first rehab stint was when I, when I gotten kicked off the air, finally in radio, my partner, uh, uh, we, we were very successful out on the central coast, had a number one nighttime show. Um, but we pissed off Budweiser. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. I, ironically for an alcoholic, yeah. um, you know, uh, <laughs> we, we did a lot of commercial parodies and, um, anyway, so, and we were on a, a classic rock station, which, you know, our main sponsor is alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Budweiser distributor out there was a, uh, a Christian man or a man of faith. And we made a very incestuous style, uh, commercial and, uh, he did not like it one bit. So was this like an off the cuff type thing, or is this something that you had actually like came up with the idea, put it through and had like people like, okay, it, or did you just, you know, this is what we're doing and and well, okay. The, the great thing about radio and, uh, I'm sure in a lot of other things as well is you don't ask a whole lot of questions. Um, you get told what not to do, but you don't ask what you can't do. Okay. Because if you do that, you're never going to know your boundaries. You're going to be told what your boundaries are. So basically we were given a lot of free reign, even though we had been kicked off the air a couple of times. Um, you, you give loose parameters of what you're going to be doing. Um, and yeah, no, they had no idea that we were going to be dropping this kind of commercial parody. Um, we had done a series of them and this one was, I love you, man. Uh, Bud Light commercials. Yeah. Okay. This was based on that. And um, instead of I love you, man, it was I love you, sis. And uh, it was a 4th of July thing. And, um, you know, big drinking time. And yeah. big. I mean, we got great response. People loved it. People were calling in. Well, uh, apparently he didn't. And so nevertheless, either I pull my uh, hundred thousands of dollars uh, advertising contract with your station or you fire those idiots. And it came down to, well, you guys have pushed the button this many times. We're just going to say, see ya. And uh, so he moved out to... Uh, uh, the east coast and i ended up putting myself in rehab because i just drank myself i mean literally drank myself into uh poverty um i was i was literally living out of a storage shed um i had a car that was falling apart um and i i drove it down uh to southern uh well just south of the central coast uh, where I lived uh, just north of LA and put myself in a rehab in uh, Ventura and um, 
uh, you know, I did my 90 day stint and, uh, actually I was, I was there for the whole year. Um, but after 90, well, it was a little over 90 days. I think we were closer to 120, but I just said, no, I'm done. I, I'm good. I, I can handle this. I can handle this within about four months. I was back drinking again, you know? And, yeah. and the funny thing is when you quit something, you go back at it even harder. Um, and, oh yeah, I did. Um, so needless to say, we did that a few more times. Um, and then, uh, like I said, you know, I did it through AA and whatnot. Well, the, the, the fourth and final time was, uh, I mean, we're jumping ahead several years now at this point. Um, and it was actually about, uh, 14 and a half years ago. Um, it was father's day and I had, uh, almost divorced my, uh, my second wife and moved out to, uh, to where I live now in Kansas city. And, um, I, I was, I, was, I, I was at the point where I drank I, and I had this planned out mind. I drank six out of the seven days of the week. I gave myself one recovery day, sometimes two, if, if I felt I needed it, but I had a system and, um, uh, how could I, you sleep for those that day or two? Was sleep okay, or was it pretty difficult to do? Oh no, I worked my ass off on those two days. Okay, uh, I was that, that was my catch up day, and I'd sweat out all this. Boot. I all oh, people would think I'd been partying. I'm like, oh no, no, I haven't had a drink in you know eight hours. Um, uh, but no, I, that was my you know get get all the business and stuff done. Um, I was a very functional alcoholic, but um. Uh, I would drink a case of, uh, of Miller high life tolls and the really big bottles of Jägermeister. Okay. Not, not the, the not large the ones, the big ones they put in the machine. Oh, the, the half or the leaders, the 1.5s. Yeah. 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 Not the fifth, the, the one above the fifth. The, the, yeah. yeah there. Oh yeah. 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 I would drink one of those a night with that. Okay. Yeah. No, that's uh, okay. <laughs> and, and now get this, I would do that until uh, it was gone or I'd pass out and I always had backup. And how so much time it, are you like, so I know for me drink, like I drink a lot or for what I consider a lot. That's, <laughs> that's a case. So we're talking 24 of like the tall boy beers plus a half a liter or yeah, whatever that bottle is of, of Jaeger. Of Jaegermeister. That's yeah. just a lot of fluid in general. Like, yeah. That yeah, no, that's I don't know if that's impressive or, or what to say about that. That's that's a lot. It's impressively disgusting. I'm pretty yeah. sure. But um, yeah. yeah. How much and time it, are mean, you putting this down in? Is this like throughout the night? Or? Um, yeah, it's because it would be after I got home from work. Okay. Um, which I worked at that time, I was working up until about midnight. So I'd get home, uh, you know, 11 o'clock midnight, and I, I didn't live too far from work. Um, sometimes I'd have a few beers with guys after work on the way, you know, before I headed home. Um, and then I'd just get home and I'd, uh, I'd say hi to the wife and I'd go down to the garage and pull out my booze. I had a little TV down there, had a cigarette ashtray, and I would sit down there and chain smoke and drink. And I mean, it would take me till about... Uh, around four o'clock, I think, you know, it, it kind of varied depending yeah. on the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. 
but yeah, no, I, I would just pound. I mean, and I like, I craved, like I, there was nothing more I could wait for except to get downstairs, get that cigarette, get that beer and take that first shot and, uh, get, get rolling. Um, in fact, uh, the guy on my uh, podcast, uh, Matt, uh, he used to work with me in a restaurant while I was, uh, in between, uh, radio jobs in San Luis Obispo, uh, where, uh, one of my radio jobs was at. And, I used to have a bottle of Jägermeister stashed in the ice cooler in the, in the back of the restaurant where I'd, <laughs> I'd be taking drinks all the time and stuff. Um, and he's like, I never knew you did that. I'm like, yeah, I know that was the whole idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, again, we, we, it was father's day. Um, and I just gone to the liquor store, purchased about a hundred dollars worth of liquor uh beer and cigarettes and um i uh oops what oh no here? it's it's the camera apparently okay. can canon just decides to do this every 30 minutes piss me off so <laughs> <laughs> so um i uh uh I, I was sitting out on the back deck drinking smoking and um enjoying my father's day my uh my daughter who is now uh going to be 14 this year had just been born uh, not to, or, you know, the year before that. Um, so she was about six, seven months and, uh, I, uh, I don't know, something just kind of came over me while I was sitting out there and I called my, my, my wife at the time out and I said, Hey, uh, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to quit drinking. And she goes, really? And I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done. And she's like, okay, so when are you going to do this? I said, oh, after this beer, you know, I finished this beer and stuff. And she just looks at me and smiles and goes, okay, you, you, you let me know when you're done. And she just got up and left. And I was sitting there and like, I, so, I mean, this is one of the most vivid memories I ever have. It's, uh, I was just sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, whatever, bitch. And, uh, I, you know, I figured she'd be happy. You know, I figured she'd be supportive. I'm like, oh God, yeah. that's awesome. I, I can't believe you're doing this. That's great. And well, of course, she had seen it a couple times before. So, um, I uh, I turn around, I, I grab my beer, and I'm get, I'm like this close to it, and that's when the cosmic stick from God came down and just went, "Yo, stupid! Do you did you just hear what you said after this beer? And then what happens after that beer? Are you gonna finish another beer? And you know, you just bought, and I was like, oh wow." So I just put out the cigarette and I stood up. I was on a deck. I, we had a big old deck out back. I just dumped my beer out. And then I'm like, well, crap, I've got all this. So I just went in and I started opening up every can of beer. Like I said, I had, I had just purchased another case and another big bottle. Mm -hmm. um, I just started dumping everything out in the sink. And my wife comes in and she's flipping out now at this point. She's like, what are you doing? What the and she's cursing me out. And I'm like, do you want me to drink this? And she just, she immediately just said, never mind. Never mind. It's cool. Keep doing it. And I said, is there any other alcohol around here besides this? And she goes, yep. And she went and like got a wine bottle she had. And, you know, yeah. uh, we dumped out everything, anything with alcohol. And it went down the drain that night. And I called AA. I spoke with, uh, Actually, my mom's a recovering alcoholic, and I spoke with her for a little while. I spoke with the central office, and I went down to a meeting 
and uh, never looked back. So do you was, still attend meetings? Uh, I haven't for a while just because I've had the most insane. <laughs> I, I, I know it's very hard to believe, but uh, I mean, I work a job that works me 10 to 12 hours a day. I come home, I do voiceover recording um, for uh, commercials and YouTube and audiobooks, And then I also do my podcast on top of that. So um, I, I don't even get to watch TV. <laughs> Literally. I mean, seriously, everybody's like, oh, you didn't see this on news. I said, I haven't seen a news program in over a year and a half. Um, Which one, is I good just, with the pandemic. You haven't well, had to deal with all the um, bullshit. I was going to say, I... Ah, uh, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a slippery slope. We don't need to be going down. <laughs> yeah. now, I mean, don't say that I haven't done my research. I just, I don't pay into a lot of, because yeah. for one, I worked in broadcasting. I know how it's geared. So <laughs> I know what public television does and, you know, what radio and how they gear things and advertising. I understand all that. That's why I don't listen to any of it. <laughs> Right. Um, the only reason I listen to it is because I'm researching to see if anything's changed or if there's something I need to hear, you know, that somebody's saying is, you know, God's truth. And I'm like, yeah, no, it ain't. Um, so that would be the only reason. So, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, don't trust mainstream media at all, but it's i completely understand yeah so yeah. um yeah i have like zero time right now actually i just uh i informed several clients that i'm no longer doing audiobooks because my my family life's suffering and yeah. you know i'm trying i'm trying to get ahead on top of bills and things like that and and uh be a good provider but there's a certain point where you got to say you know what uh, if your family's not in your life you, you're not being a good provider because you got to provide time one of your most quality assets in the world is time with your kids, with your wife, uh, with your, you know, family, friends, you know, you've got to be able to have that balance. Um, money can be replaced. Uh, TVs can be replaced. All that your family and, and the love that you share the time that you spend with them cannot. Yeah. That is, that is uh, an incredible liquid asset. Yeah. I know as addicts, um, myself included, it's, it seems to be like, there's either from my perspective, like, there can be that revolving door, um, of people that, you know, you'll come in and out of the program, but at the same time, there's also, you just replace one addiction with another. And often you can become a workaholic very quickly oh. and instantly feel like, all right, well, I'm good. You know, I'm not drinking, I'm not using drugs, you know, like everything's going all right from, you know, the perspective of the perspective of the workaholic and on oh, the outside. Absolutely. Yeah. The outside, it's not actually how it, how we see it. I know myself, I went down that rabbit hole of, I don't have time for meetings, you know, this and that, and you know, the whole thing. And then you have to back off a little bit and find that balance. Otherwise yeah. it can, it can just consume who you are. And then everything starts falling apart. Then you're just back at square one and pissed off that you got to do it all over again. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes sense. Oh, dude. No, it's, and it's, it's totally true. We do, especially as addicts and alcoholics, we find something to replace those things with. When I first, uh, when I first quit drinking, you know, solid, but you know, my last time, my last drink, yeah. um, one of my addictions was ice cream. 
I'm not going to lie, because my body craved the sugar so bad, I would go through a huge half gallon thing of ice cream within two days. No problem. Um, I can say now I I don't need that, but um, I still love ice cream. Oh, yeah, everybody Um, does. Everybody (laughs) loves ice cream. (laughs) um, But yeah, so and and then, yes, I did do the uh, the workaholic thing for a while. But fortunately, my father was a workaholic, incredibly successful man. I, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking people working hard, anything like that. But yeah, we can get so easily sucked into, oh, I got to do this. I got to be like this. And, you know, if you're not doing this and you're not, hey, there's also called, you know, working smarter, not yeah. harder. Okay? Yeah, I, th- I think one of the big um, things for us is, you know, like we know how bad life can get, you know, like yeah. we've been kicked in the dick a couple of times, had to sleep in some abandoned buildings. So to put in a 20 hour day at work, is not that bad, you know, yeah. so it's, it's hard. To, <laughs> it's hard to tell people that have, have gone through really rough times, you know, like you need to slow down and really enjoy life. Stop trying to work so hard. You know, it's, that's a very hard lesson that you got to learn. And sometimes right. you have to learn those lessons, unfortunately, the hard way. Yeah. Oh, oh no, absolutely. And I'll tell you, you know, um, my, my drinking and addictions, you know, dragged me into a marriage that I thought I needed. Um, and I, I put up with a woman that was basically, you know, for the, for the long and the short of it, she was abusive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, 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 I'm not a super passive guy. I mean, I, I can be aggressive if need be, but I prefer to find options around things like that. But I'll tell you, I was married to this woman for 17 and a half years. And, you know, as you sober up, you start to realize a lot of things in your life. Um, and, uh, you know, I, and I started, you know, questioning things every now and then, like I said, we'd, uh, we had already kind of split up once. And then, uh, I found out, you know, on her 40th birthday, I, I threw her a surprise party with all her friends and stuff. She got toasted and started bragging to her friends outside while they were smoking. Um, and I'm tending to the party inside. The, you know, I rented out this little part of a, uh, a sports bar. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and I'm not drinking. Mind you, I'm, this is, I'm completely sober. Been for several years. Uh, but she tells, tells all her friends how she's been sleeping around on me and she doesn't love me. And uh, probably as soon, as soon as the party's over, she's going to find an excuse to go out and go visit him. And like, and some of my, you know, some of these people were my good friends as well. And like, all of a sudden, like, at least half the couples just up and leave. And like, we got to go. Thanks a lot. But, but, but I'm like, what the hell's going on? You know, we're just barely getting things rolling at this point. And um, you know, and I've still got, <laughs> I've still got the room for another hour or two. Um, uh, and so then, you know, it was about a week later, um, one of my best friend's wives calls me and tells me this, you know, and I was like, huh, you know, and you always have that feeling, you know, like something funky is going on. Well, uh, it was probably, I, I stuck it out for another few months and then she just flat out told me. Hey, uh, uh, I'm sleeping around on you, or well, she didn't say that, but I want a divorce and yada, yada, yada. And I mean, instantly the first thought of my mind was, you know what? I, I, I got pissed. Um, I, I, I was more mad at myself than anything. I wasn't mad at her because 
at this point, I kind of expect these things from her. Um, and I was ready. I was so, so ready. I was, you know, because the, the, that strong trigger in your head, dude, fuck it. Go get drunk. Forget about it. Yeah. Screw this bitch. Just, just go get hammered. This will make everything all better. Such a serious trigger in my head. It was, and it was something that hadn't happened in years. Seriously. Like I had no, and I, I, I don't know. It was just weird. I, um, for that to just come back and that strongly, like I was sitting, I was like, Oh crap, you know? And it, it scared me. It literally scared me that, that night I went to a meeting. I just, I up and left after I talked with my kids, I'm like, daddy's got to go up, boom, meeting. And, uh, went to a few of them. I, and I'm sorry, I, I strayed from your point there, but, uh, I, I tried to attend meetings. Um, they, you know, the great thing about the pandemic was it brought out the, uh, the uh, Zoom meetings or, you know, uh, Facebook meetings and stuff like that. Right. So uh, you can jump on those every now and then, which uh, <laughs> I, I hate to say it are, are very fortunate for me because I do love being in person. It's, it's like church. Um, I, I love uh, corporate worship. I, I love being there with the whole crowd. Um, and just feeling that presence. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, because of my schedules and, and whatnot, it's, it's, it's actually draining not to be able to be around people. I know a lot of people are like, oh, man, I get around a bunch of people. It's just so much. You know, no, no, I feed off of it, man. I, I love being in the crowd. I love getting the crowd fired up. Uh, when I did stand up comedy, that was, that was the one thing I, I just truly fed off of, even though I have horrible stage fright. Um, it's, it's, uh, one of those things that I feel we all need, we need to feel that closeness. We need to feel the, and be responsive with other people, the, uh, zoom or, uh, the, the Facebook lives and stuff. I mean, I get it. You know, we all can't be in the same place at the same time, and that's great. But when we can, we need to. We need to be with other people. We need to. This the six foot happy fucking bubbles. You know, fuck that. I'm sorry. I I think all that shit's just uh, anyway. No, no, you're good. You keep going. I yeah, I don't care. I, uh, <laughs> I no, I so I had to go. I had to go to my chiropractor today, and they have up the glass wall. And, uh, oh, yeah. she tells me to put a mask on and she's not wearing anything. And I look at her, I was like, you're joking. Right. She was like, well, <laughs> it's a medical office. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what they told you. Right. But does your brain work? Like, are you, yeah. do you understand this logic at all? Yeah. The, the fact that it's just you and I, there's literally no one else in here. I've been coming here for a month now and you want me to put a mask on and you're not willing to, how does this make sense? Yeah. And then aside from that, you don't have to wear a mask once you're in the room and neither does the doctor or the chiropractor. So it's oh. literally just while you're in the waiting room. So oh. like, so that's when like my part of like the addict brain comes out and it's like, don't you know who I want you to think that I really am? And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm the most important person in the world lady. And, uh, <laughs> If I had it my way, I'd know a lot of people to get you really learn a lesson here. But, you know, it's yeah, it's yeah. The pandemic has brought out the best and the worst in people. And unfortunately, I feel like I've had to learn a lot of those life lessons that 
you know, we all kind of have to learn on just shutting yeah. the fuck up sometimes and just letting stuff go. Unfortunately. Absolutely. And, and, you know, this goes back to the reinventing thing. We all had to get reinvented during this whole crisis. Um, yeah. And which, yeah, it did bring out the best and the worst of us. I think some of the best things was people got involved with their families again, people, yeah. people, people pulled together again you know and whether it was uh unfortunately divisive in a lot of ways it proved a lot of good points that i know is slippery slope and we're not here for that but um you know the one nice thing was people did pull together problem is people pulled together in groups and not together as a whole um which was unfortunate because basically they're all being played as suckers and it proved a lot of points that the government is evil and horrible, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's points. Yeah, my to prove plan them. worked perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. There's definitely some more going on. It's, I don't know. The yeah. weird thing for me is having, you know, like for alcoholics and everything, some people, there are people that they need those meetings daily you know, mm -hmm. and, and they're forced to not go, which didn't make sense, you know? So yeah, there was that, like, let's call it a pivot, you know, to the online world, but there was just, yeah, I don't, I guess we got to stay away from that part. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's too frustrating. And I feel like we're just, we're probably you're in California. I'm in Michigan. We were, no, I, I'm in, I'm in Kansas city. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm yeah. originally from California. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Michigan <laughs> has been very highlighted in how our governor has been handling it. And mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, but I don't belong here. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't know how else to put it, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't belong here. It doesn't, I don't know, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, let's get back onto this and then uh, I'll get you out of here pretty quick, but yeah, no, how, worries, are, man. how are you handling everything? Like you've had all these careers, like you started your recovery process on a cement block in an abandoned building, essentially next to a, a fire, you know, and now, <laughs> you know, like you have all these like amazing jobs, you know, some people would love to just do a voiceover one time, you know, you're able to like do the multiple times and hold down a regular job and a family. And like, you're still working on that balance aspect of it. How did you get from that guy to kind of like here mentally? Like, I know there's time, you know, that comes, that plays a big factor in all of this, but how are you able to like actually separate yourself and just like, all right, cool. Like I need to learn this lesson, go through everything and kind of be here today to where you're still learning everything. Um, well, and I mean, the thing is, you, you have to go through these things to learn these lessons, obviously. Um, unfortunately, you know, and, and now there's, there's a lot of people that don't, there's a lot of people that can look back and, and they're good at observing and saying, wow, that's pretty jacked up. Look what he did there and look what he did. Well, I'll make sure I don't do that. Um, not saying that that can't happen in a different scenario in a different way. And, but at least they're seeing the red flags, you know, um, they're seeing the warning signs. Um, so there's a lot of people that are good at that. There's a lot of people that aren't, and it's kind of switching now because we have so many gray areas in this world where, you know, Oh, it's okay. And this is okay. And this is okay. Well, no, it's not okay. Um, and I mean, I, I give a lot of a testament. I, 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 when I was younger, I grew up in a, in a, uh, a missionary church. 
um, a a Christian missionary church and was, you know, I was good with God, but as I got older, especially after my parents divorced, I started questioning a lot of things and I fell away from faith. Um, I studied a lot of philosophies growing up in California. I grew up in a very culturally diverse area. So I learned a lot about Buddhism. I learned a lot, um, you know, uh, just different forms of religion and different philosophies. Um, and I became fascinated with it. I really did because I wanted to know, you know, I, w- I wanted to know, yeah, if there's a God, why, did, why is this like this? And why is there like, you know, if he, if he loves us, why did he give us all, you know, the pain and the misery and stuff? Well, that's, and again, another slippery slope for another yeah. time, but the long and the short of it is that's, that's, that wasn't God's purpose. And, and I fell back in with God um, uh, a few years ago. And I, and I say fell because literally I, it came out of nowhere and uh, it was a lady I was dating and, and I, I just, I would see her every Sunday after she'd come home from church and she was literally like glowing. She, and she had so many problems in her world. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, I mean, she, like, I'd see her the day before she'd just be down and just looked wiped out. She'd come home from church Sunday and just beaming, you know, and it, it blew me away. I'm like, what is it? What is it about going to this church? You know? And I figured it was just this church. That's what it is. It's, it's this whoever or whatever she's getting from there. And it wasn't, it was the word of God. And, um, she, uh, she, she had me watch the passion of the Christ, which I know sounds cliche guys, but I'm telling you, if you actually process that movie and that part of the Bible what the, uh, and what Christ put him through himself through for us, uh, it's, it's mind numbing. Um, uh, I, I put myself in positions where I I was, you know, I've tortured myself for other people because of my love for them. It's nothing compared to that. Um, so once I got Christ back in my life, I, I refocused and I, I had a different energy and I had, uh, and, and trust me, it's not that I don't struggle with a lot of things every now and then, but I've got God to turn to and, um, and it pulls me out of a lot. And, you know, I, I know, especially in this day and age, it's, it's very hard to believe the teachings of the Bible and whatnot, but they're there for a reason. And we, we, the Bible is black and white. It's not gray in any areas. It's this is how you do it. The, the, the node or the node, the, the road to redemption is a narrow path. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the road to hell, big, wide and open, man. And if you look at the differentiations between that and the way our world has become, you're going to see how the world is uh, of that nature. And um, so to refine myself and to focus myself in the, in the right directions is, is basically led because of that. Um, And, and, and finding my balance, uh, especially as of the past few years, it's been incredibly helpful. I've got an amazing woman uh, uh that we've been married a couple of years now um and she is a great great guidance for me as well um you know it's uh it's it's crazy uh how how much it, when you're willing to allow it uh to to let the success happen when it's there you just have to find the right way to tap into it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I know, uh, I don't like, um, <clears throat> I've noticed when I was in rehab, we, I did this, we had to go out every single day, go out to a meeting. It was up yeah. to us to be able to like call people for a ride. You know, um, oh. I'm in, I'm in the Ann Arbor area and it's a very prevalent area for a recovery community. Uh-huh. And so it's, you there's a minimum time requirement for the people that are doing the ride outs and so there's this whole system that no one does any checks or anything like that <laughs> but uh essentially it seemed like you're there was not essentially there was one time i didn't want to go to a meeting if we didn't go we were forced to stay back and watch like an open talk or something and so right. i watched there was a video on some study with like a rat and there was heroin in the water coke in the water i know it's a very huge study a That's lot of people have water. seen it yeah and uh, <laughs> they were doing this thing to where it was if the rat was left alone he he would drink all the water get high and overdose but if there right. was more than one rat in there he had a community and they always went to the other water bottle with no drug in it and so I've seen a lot of people hmm. to almost kind of tend to use um, other avenues, such as religion, as like a replacement. Do you kind of feel like that could be something that you've you've done? Because I know that's a great replacement. Um, I don't even say replacement as much as like a just another community of people. Do you think that that's a big thing that's missing um, from when you were using to now or no? No, I, um, you know, th- it's. I mean, yeah, I've used God um, and 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 um, and the the teachings of the Bible. I I don't like to use the word religion because it's it's again broad. Um, the Bible is again hardcore, black and white. This is how it is. This is how it isn't. Um, uh, so I'm I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just yeah yeah no no not at all. That's uh, so many people classify everything into religion. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. And Christianity, no, I, I go to a non-denominational church um, because basically their focus is the Bible, God's teachings. That's it. What I, the things I've, I've used for replacement in my life is, is focusing on my family, um, is focusing on my job and, and my balances of things. Um, the, the fact that, I mean, I've always, you know, I've always had something, you know, I've, I've always known that there was something out there and that's why I searched for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm an inquisitive man by nature. I, I'm the guy who will, instead of buying uh, a shop manual, I will take the engine out of the car myself and I will take it apart completely and then put it back together or try to figure it out. And if I get lost at that point, then I go get a shop manual. But I, I'm, yeah. well, I just, because I figured that's how I'm going to learn. That's, that's the easiest way for me yeah. to learn. I'm a hands-on dude. Um, and I've done it. I've taken the, the first car I ever took apart was a, a 1600 MGA. Uh, it's a, an MG is an old British uh, car. Yeah. Uh, this is a 19, 1964 MGA 1600. And it was my sister's car. My dad had bought for her and we basically rebuilt it from the ground up. And um you learn a whole hell of a lot trust me and that's why i love volkswagens the old volkswagens because the most incredibly intelligently designed car ever seriously uh you know and and that's what i th- those are the things i love i, I just love smart design I, I love simple technology and um 
I, I love the fact that, you know, um, the, the Bible is, it's this or this. There's no, well, this is it. No, you got to do this. You got to do that. That's, that's how it's been handed down to us. That's how I was raised. You know, my, my father raised, and my father is not a religious man. He was, he was not the one that wanted us to go to church. My mother was, she was raised religious um, or Christian, whatever. Um, but the thing is, my father still, you'd think my father was in the military because he had cut and dry lines that you, you follow. You know, you, yes, you do it this way. No, you don't do it this way. You say, yes, sir. You say, no, ma'am. You say, can I please? Um, you know, the, uh, he, he, as, as a father, he was a great provider and he gave me some great guidelines as a human being, probably not the best person, but, um, I still love him. He's my father. We didn't talk for 10 years. Um, that's a whole nother story we can get into another time, but, uh, you know, these replacing something with something and especially trying to use God in that. No, no, that's, that's just something that's always been there and something I've been reawoken to. Um, and I think of a lot more people would do that. We'd be in a whole lot better place, but, um, again, the religion gets mucked up into it instead of just reading the Bible and following, uh, God's word. Which, you know, oh, some people are like, oh, it's so harsh. Well, you know what? Sometimes life is harsh. Yeah, not you know? sometimes, all the time. <laughs> it's, yeah, and, yeah. And, that, and that's the problem. Everybody's, everybody wants everything to be soft and touchy-feely, and let's just all get along. Well, you know what? Yeah, we do need to get along, but we also need to do it in the right way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. All right, man. Well, I got to unfortunately get out of here. <laughs> I know. Um, I knew we were getting close on time. Bro. Yeah, no, no, you're good. I, uh, no, I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, definitely going to link your podcast below. And if you ever want to have another guest on your podcast, you know, yes. I'm, I might be able to have some of those conversations that are a little bit more in depth about some things from the Michigan side of, yeah, dude. of oh, everything. No. But uh, we need to get you on for sure. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Just let me know. I'm in, man. Uh, Random Christian show Tuesdays, four o'clock live. And then we're just on all the podcast sites. So, um, and now you're on pretty much every podcast site out there, correct? Yep. All the podcast sites. And I think I'm going to have to get on Twitch because you keep bringing it up and you already gave me the software for it. I was so surprised about Twitch. I'm telling you, man. It's uh, it's crazy. I'm getting a following on there. I was was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'm definitely going to put a link in the description below. Everybody go check out the Random Christian Show and have a good day. All right, man. Thank you so much for having me, bro. Thanks a lot, bro. Appreciate it. All right, dude. We'll talk to you soon, bro. Yep. Talk to you soon.